Hello and welcome. We are talking about something Abby and I aren't very good at, but we're hoping to get better from this episode this week, all about boundaries and how we can set boundaries in a way that's authentic to us and still expresses our needs. Thank you for being here. Stick with us as we all learn these healthy boundary setting is Healthy boundaries are the limits you place around your time, emotions, body, and mental health to stay resilient, solid, and content with who you are. These empowering borders protect you from being used, drained, or manipulated by others. Now, obviously, that is not a um, definition that I came up with myself, which is why it sounds a little bit reedy. But Carrie, what can people with solid boundaries expect to experience? Well, from what we've researched, because I am not somebody with solid boundaries. Yeah, from what, people, not what do you expect? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> from what we researched, it sounds like people who are really good at setting those limits around their time and emotions and bodies, all that Abby was saying, tend to experience lower levels of stress and higher levels of self-esteem because they are prioritizing their well-being. I recently heard a story where two people went to a therapist and it was a couple and the therapist asked them to write their top three priorities. And the man wrote my wife, my children, and myself. And the wife wrote myself, my children, my husband. And he was a little offended that she put herself first, but really that's the only way that she can fully show up for the rest of her family. And we talk about that a lot just in coaching, but boundaries can really set you up to advocate for yourself in a way that makes the other person also feel more understanding of where you're coming from. It's not just, I'm doing this because I want to, whether you like it or not. Healthy boundaries really start with that nonviolent communication, which we'll get into a little bit more within this episode, but expressing your needs and where you're coming from using that I language that we often hear about, especially within therapy, rather than placing the blame on you and what you're doing, but how am I feeling? So yeah, I think boundaries are only good things and I would love to know how to use them. Abby, help me. (laughs) You came to the wrong place. Something that a lot of us probably struggle with, with setting boundaries is we feel mean. Mm. Or we feel like we're really putting another person out by saying, no, I will not engage in that. Or I will only do this if this. And it can seem extremely harsh. But if you haven't listened to our people-pleasing episode, these guys go hand in hand. Why do we choose other people's comfort over our own. And I think that that's something that boundaries really challenge is it's you start, you start choosing yourself and your time and your energy over minuscule tasks that, or arguments or whatever it may be that other people are involved in. Yeah. And I think over time it becomes more kind to yourself and to the people you're talking to, Mm -hmm. to draw that boundary that way. Everybody just knows, you know, there's no questioning about, oh, did I do something wrong? What's happening? It's just, no, this is my boundary. I'm expressing it. Do you understand it? Great. Let's move on then. 
So that is really the first tip in helping you to start setting healthy boundaries is to engage in that open communication. We can't be afraid to tell others what we need because again, our comfort is going to then bleed into their comfort, even Mm -hmm. if it can initially feel like we're being selfish by us being selfish, we become more selfless. Right. I like that. Yeah. And, and something to note as well is that boundaries only work if they are enforced. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to say, I will or will not do this. And then the other person challenges you and you say, okay, fine. Next time. What then happens is you get pissed, you get resentful, they're confused and they don't understand why you're pissed and resentful because you let them walk all over you again, or it may not even be walking all over. It's just you're, you tell them, no, I will not let anyone call me past 9 PM. They call you at 9:30, and you answer. Why yeah. wouldn't they call you at 9:30 then? And you know, you're not, in my opinion, not allowed to get upset with them because right. you let them cross the boundary. Exactly. Children do this a lot. They want to mm-hmm. see what the boundaries are, but adults do too. We don't necessarily grow out of this. And we need to recognize that when we start setting these boundaries, people in our lives are going to push them because it's out of the norm. Yeah. If you suddenly say that you don't want people calling you after 9 p.m., but you have regularly up until this point answered your phone after 9 p.m., there's going to be an adjustment period and it has to be you committing to whatever that boundary is for it to stick over the long term. So ooh. <laughs> it's quite uncomfortable, I would assume, because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but I've heard. Uh, Carrie, how do you feel that you are with setting boundaries with others or maybe even setting them with yourself? Perfect. <laughs> um. No, I don't think I'm very good. I think I do tend to internalize and then get resentful or just grumpy when I didn't ever express my needs. So cool, good choices there. Boundaries with myself, I think I'm a little bit better at, but I still break those too. Uh, Work in progress for me on this boundary journey. Mm -hmm. How about you, Abby? Yeah, uh, same I have an equally tough time with both others and myself though. And I heard you say something that kind of struck a nerve. It was, uh, why do you have an easier time with yourself? And then you break them as well. I think it's because if you're used to feeling let down or resentful, then it's not a bizarre thing for you to do it to yourself because there's Mm. so much self-sabotage going on anyway. That it's like, well, I'll set this with myself, but if I let myself down, no big deal because everybody's doing it. Oh, man, you're right. (laughs) Thanks, Abby. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's difficult, but when you stick to it and get through it, it is so nice. And some people have, unfortunately, are no longer part of my life. But with them being gone, it's like weights are lifted. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's a consequence sometimes of boundary setting is that those people can't handle it. And, you know, that's the end of it. And that also informs you that that relationship mm-hmm. was toxic to begin with. I mean, if they can't handle you setting a boundary for your needs, then obviously they didn't care to the level that they thought they did yeah, about you. You're exactly right. 
and with myself, I'll set them, but I don't follow through. I, this morning is a good example. I had an alarm set and I said, when it goes off, my little sunrise thing that I still love, when it goes off, I'm getting out of bed. And that was at 6.30 and I don't think that I, I did not fall back asleep and I laid in bed and I stared at the ceiling and thought, overthought until after eight. I mean, it's just, you know, I put in my head, I will get up when my alarm goes off and I didn't. So then I'm mad at myself. So that's what, you know, there's never any pride in crossing a boundary of your own or letting someone else. Right. And with other people, there's usually a consequence. So going back to the phone calls after 9 p.m., if you stick to that boundary, the consequence is they don't have their phone call answered. When it comes to us, it's like, well, the consequence is only really affecting me and I'm yeah. fine with it. So what is our relationship with ourself and why don't we value that as much as we value our relationship with other people and those boundaries? Hearing you say that, it's like feeling disappointed in ourselves is so normal that it's goes back to that comfort zone bullshit. It would be weird if all of a sudden I was really good at everything. Yep. Because I'm just used to uh, letting myself down sounds a little extreme, but that's what it is, that self-sabotage. So is it a matter of starting with boundaries with ourselves? Is that, do we need to start almost a dialogue within ourselves? Like, I want you, me, to be successful and to have this morning routine that I have been trying to get to forever. This is really important to me, to us. I don't know how to talk to myself on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting confusing quickly. But have that sort of conversation with yourself about the future you want and that constant kind of reminder of why you're doing what you're doing and how this goal, this boundary will help you achieve your long-term goals. Do you have to have that conversation with yourself every night in order to get up in the morning? Is it like in the moment kind of a thing? Okay, you're doing that boundary issue thing where you're not committing fully to something that you set as a goal for yourself. Like, what does that look like? What can that look like? I think it is going to, it's got to be the inner dialogue. I talked in a a few episodes ago about the Melra, what does future me want me to do right now? Yeah. And when I was doing that, things were fine, but now it's like, yeah, I'm just blowing through every boundary that I set. But if other people piss me off, I'm like, "Uh -uh, I said, you couldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Which before I was the other way, I was a little bit too disciplined with myself. There was no balance. There was no, but now I've shot in the opposite direction and I'm just going full tilt. But with other people, I'm having an easier time. Some people, which has been just, it's just totally flipped. Well, if you have been able to establish some of those boundaries with other people, walk us through that process. What, what did you do to start setting those boundaries? Well, most of them have been with males. (laughs) that I didn't want around. And it was a, if you're going to talk to me like that, I'm not going to respond. Just very direct, very, Mm -hmm. if this, then this is the consequence, essentially. If this is the action, this is going to be the consequence. And then in my head, I just make the decision that that's what I'm going with. Even if I don't want to, even if I want to talk to them, or even if I want to see them, or even if whatever it is, I've already made the decision if this, then this. 
And so I just latch onto that and just follow through. So it's about a follow through. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's not even the hardest part for us might be setting the initial boundary, but the actual hardest part is sticking to whatever you set, right? Yep. Okay. That's but it's almost like I separate it from the relationship. It's it's like a when it comes to a lot of things, if I'm somebody this dumbass half marathon that I signed up for, I have no interest in doing it, but I said I was going to. So now I'm training, I'm gonna do it. Yep. It's sort of like that. I separate it from how much I hate running and how pointless I think that it is to do it. <laughs> it's not about the person or about their feelings. It's I said I was going to behave this way, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's great. So you have learned how to be assertive and then stick to whatever boundary you set for them. That's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. But I separate it. You know, it's not about a relationship anymore. So I don't know if that's good or bad. What tips can we give to people to help them learn to set them? Right. Yeah. Starting with that open communication. And we will talk about nonviolent communication, especially for you fellow people pleasers out there. Nonviolent communication just feels like the easiest way to start. But I think Mm -hmm. around the world, we would all be better if we learned how to communicate in a nonviolent way. But open communication, get comfortable with that aspect of really opening up about your needs and emphasizing, just like Abby was saying, this isn't about you. It's not about our relationship. This is about me needing to set a boundary for my own well-being. Our relationship means a lot to me. And in order to keep going with this relationship, I need to set this boundary. And then just like Abby has been, stay assertive, stay true to whatever that boundary is. Um, Don't over-explain. Don't make excuses. Don't apologize. That's your boundary and you have every right to set it. And if they are still pushing back or they really hate it and you're struggling, having alternative solutions and maybe compromise so that you can show, I care about this relationship. I'm willing to compromise. Let's find something that works well for both of us, but it has to truly work well for both of you. Any other tips that you can think of, Abby? No, but I would like to share just for those of us who learn a little bit more easily with examples. Yeah. Some examples of what a clear boundary might look like. And that's where I really struggled is I knew that they were important, but then it was like, how do I even, Mm -hmm. what do you just tell them? I will not eat mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So a few that have been helpful for me to read or learn about is it, and they all are in different categories. So there might be some that have to do with your energy or with uh, emotions or conversations, time, that sort of thing. But an example of a time boundary would be, I can only stay for an hour. Or you're waiting for someone to come pick you up and they tell you they'll be there at six and they continuously show up at 6.30. Say to them, if you're going to be late, I need to know ahead of time. Maybe somebody comes to you with something and you don't have the energy to help them right then. Tell them that. I do not have the energy to help you with this right now. Uh, You could say, it makes me feel uncomfortable when you blank. If you can't respect my space, I will leave. Uh, You're at a family function and people are asking you about your dating life or they're asking you about your job or they're nitpicking, anything like that. You just say to them, this is not a topic that I'm willing to discuss right now. 
I don't find those types of comments or questions to be funny. So it's just about being direct, letting them know, here's where I stand and this is where I'm going to continue to stand. So I think that, and Carrie, do you agree, being direct is probably the most important aspect of boundary setting because when there's any wiggle room, you really can't say, well, but I said, because it was all over the place. So if it's direct one sentence, then okay, here's where I stand. This is what I want. This is what's happening. Being very clear is important. Clear. You're right. Yep. No, direct is exactly the right word for sure. Nonviolent communication is absolutely direct, but it is based on your need. So it's not based on you criticizing or coming at somebody with anger. It's based on you wanting to express a need that you have. So backing up a little bit, Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, a psychologist, created nonviolent communication, and he describes it as a language of compassion and an instrument for constructive social change. His belief is that every thought and feeling that we have comes directly from a specific need. And when we understand that connection of the need to the thought or feeling that's coming up, we can communicate with more ease what our needs are. And you might recognize a typical reaction usually comes from our thoughts or feelings. So we come at a situation from a place of hurt or from a place of anger, and we're expressing, I'm mad at you for doing that, but you're not expressing to that person what need isn't being met for you. So for example, my domestic partner cannot put the lid fully on anything. (laughs) (laughs) And a nonviolent way to communicate to him how much this annoys me is to state the observation. I noticed you didn't put the cap on the milk all the way. And when I picked it up, it spilled all over me and the floor. And then you express your feelings. I don't feel considered when that happens. And I have a need to feel like you're looking out for me. And I have a need for our home being clean and not covered in milk. Can you please pay more attention when you put lids on? Or do we need to find a different solution? Do we need a different container? Do we just need to stop buying things with lids? (laughs) There is a way to come at this from a place of, I want to be understood for what my need is. And I want to understand what your needs are. This isn't me blaming. I really am coming from a place of curiosity and a place of non-judgment, regardless of how I just judged Andy. So to go over that one more time, the acronym I guess to use nonviolent communication is oftener. So observation, feeling, need, request. Express the observation. I noticed you did this. That makes me feel this. And I have a need to feel this way. Can we please solve it? But this ties into boundaries because it can help us. Okay. Something about this situation isn't making me feel comfortable. I want to I want to draw a boundary here. So what am I observing? What is that making me feel? What are the needs that I are actually not being met? 
and how can we work together to solve this? And like with anything else, this takes being mindful of yourself and your needs and getting in touch with, oh, I'm having this feeling or this thought, what need is actually inside of me right now? Because I'm more than just my thoughts and my feelings that's coming from somewhere, right? So with the nonviolent communication in mind, Abby, what might be some examples on how we can start to set boundaries maybe with ourselves before we set them with other people? Oh, I think something that I continuously blow over a boundary that I set with myself is phone use. So I think it would need to be something like I'm noticing that I'm starting to spend more time on my phone while I'm in bed and it's affecting my sleep patterns. It's really messing with my goals and wanting to be a morning person and set up that morning routine. I need to spend less time on it. Um, So I'm requesting of myself that I keep my phone in another room when I go to bed so that I'm not on it as often. Um, Some other kind of more generic examples that we found where I'm committing to no screen time 30 minutes before bed because I value my health and getting better sleep is an act of self-respect. I feel much more vibrant when I'm well rested. This is a big one that may have to do with people who are in a partnership because <laughs> your partner's going to piss you off. When my partner triggers me, I'm going to practice responding mindfully rather than reacting from a place of anger because I value the relationship. I feel so much more connected to my partner when we have healthy communication. Uh, it could be exercise related. I'm committed to going for a daily walk because I deserve to give myself a moment of pause or movement. When I listen to my needs and I don't overwork myself, I feel happier and more balanced. Yeah, beautiful, Abby. I think starting with yourself can be an easier place than with other people. Stay with us. We're going to continue this conversation on boundaries, nonviolent communication, and gaslighting next week as well. So make sure you are with us for that as we just continue trying to grow in our healthy communication style. If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share, all of those things that the kids are doing, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you, so slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos.